Well, good evening. Welcome to week number 121 of the North Georgia Revival right here at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia. What an honor it is to come into your homes week after week and represent what God is doing right here in the North Georgia area. And so, if you would, gather all your family into the living room. Maybe you're in the office. Maybe, maybe you're at home in the bedroom you're watching, wherever you're watching from. Maybe you're in a hotel room. We would just say, don't scroll past this. If you're watching Facebook Live, stay tuned right here for an incredible moment of worship, an incredible word coming from Pastor David Edmondson, Senior Pastor of Covenant Connections Church in Flowery Branch, Georgia. You better hang on. Listen, it's Pentecost Sunday. What that means is we have no idea what's about to happen. And so we're just thrilled that you would tune in with us tonight. We always open up with Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, would you go to Acts chapter 2 this evening? It is week 121 of the North Georgia Revival, but you'll be watching at the end of this, after, after the, the message, you'll be watching week number 73, baptisms from week 73. And so you'll see God perform some incredible miracles in the waters here in the North Georgia area. And we're opening up the doors June 21st. Mark your calendars. June 21st, we're opening the doors again on Sunday evening at 6 for the North Georgia Revival. Right now, we just want to welcome all those who are watching by ISN. It's Supernatural Network with Sid Roth. Welcome all those from all over the world. Come on, put your hands together from all over the world. They're tuning in right now, right now. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says this as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, somebody needs an and suddenly moment this evening. You've been praying. You've been asking the Lord to show up and move. You need that and suddenly moment. It's going to happen for you. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if you skip on down, you'll see that they... They thought these men and women were who were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they thought they were drunk with new wine. But the Bible says down in verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These men are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what the prophet Joel spoke of. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now I know we get caught up in the part where the spirit of the Lord came on Pentecost Sunday, but I want to focus in on something I, I saw recently in the Bible says it was Peter that stood up. Very, very significant, very important that it's Peter that stood up. Peter was the one that said, Jesus, I'll go with you all the way to the end. But in the next moment, he is cursing and denying he even knew Jesus. Peter is the one walking on the water. In the next moment, he's sinking in the water. Peter's the one that's whacking soldiers' ears off. Peter's the one that was rebuking Jesus. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. That's the same Peter that is standing there in Acts chapter 2 that begins to preach the message and 3,000 get born again. In other words, for all you who are hopeless, 
For all those who feel like a failure, for all those who can't seem to get it right, Jesus says, I'm not mad at you, I'm mad about you, and I wanna pour my spirit out on you and raise you up and give you a voice. And so right now, won't you just put your Bibles down? We're gonna enter into a time of worship. Won't you get the family, just, just stand right there in the hotel room. If you're by yourself, it's okay. Nobody's looking anyway. Just prepare yourself a place where the Spirit of the Lord can come in and invade the whole house. Let Him invade that hotel room. Let Him invade your car, wherever you're watching and tuning in from. Let Him fill you as He fills the house. Father, today we lift our hands and we rejoice that you sent the Spirit of the living God into planet Earth to engulf us, to saturate us with your glory, to fill us with fire and with power. Now, would you release your anointing right through the airwaves? Would you release right through the television screen, right through that laptop or iPad? Would you let the glory of God come to every man, every woman, every boy and child right there? Be filled as we continue to worship God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, who's ready to worship tonight? Come on, let's give Him glory tonight. Let's give Him glory. Lord, You're worthy. Lord, You're worthy to be praised. Lord, You're worthy to be praised. Oh, yeah. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus.
Praise his holy name. Would you join me with him in prayer right now? Father, we just thank you for what you're accomplishing in our hearts and our lives. Father, how you're pushing and pressing into us and how you are calling us to deep, deep waters. Lord, you're taking us where we've never been before. You're stretching us. You're applying the heat. But Lord, not to harm us, not to abandon us, but literally to allow us to be prepared for more. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord, to your church right now, what you're accomplishing in your church universally. Thank you, Lord, for a shaking and a moving. I thank you for the disturbance, that there is an agitation. Some of you are wondering why you're agitated. Some of you are wondering why you're uncomfortable. The Lord is shifting, sifting, shaking. Rearranging, maneuvering, placing. Uh-huh. So, Lord, I thank you that the body of Christ will be encouraged tonight and be uplifted. We thank you, Lord, that you're breathing upon us that we've never, ever, ever have felt the breath of God before. Unless, Lord, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that are watching right now around the world, we bless them. Bring hope where there's hopelessness. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. Welcome to the North Georgia Revival here in Dawsonville, Georgia. This is week number 121. We welcome you. Thank God that you're watching with us. Just a few more weeks until we're live and in person here at the North Georgia Revival. Uh, June the 21st, go ahead and mark your calendar. June the 21st is when we're going to be live right back here uh, in the area. And we just thank you that you're going to be a part of that. We've already heard from friends all over the country that have already reserved their hotel room to be here on Father's Day night. Father's Day night. And I could not think of a more fitting evening to relaunch the North Georgia Revival for many of you that know of the, uh, the study church history that in Brownsville uh, at Assembly of God, Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida, with uh, Evangelist Steve Hill, that the revival that was there broke out on Father's Day. And it wasn't um, anything of our planning, really. We just felt like we needed that type of time. And it so, le- so happened to land on Father's Day. And it was, I think of the orchestration of the Lord. I really do. So we're delighted that you're going to come and be with us on June the 21st. So put that on your calendar there in the morning, but also in the evening, opening up to the public. Now, tonight's service is live. We're coming to you live right here from Christ Fellowship Church, our live worship. And Pastor David Edmondson from Covenant Connections Church is going to bring the word in just a few moments. Now, on top of that, I need you to put on your calendar August the 8th. August the 8th, David Hogan will be here with us for a men's conference, one-day men's conference. There's a registration fee. It's going to come up there, a registration form you have to fill out. It's going to come up on the screen for you where to go. That's David Hogan on August the 8th, men's conference. Then, on August the 9th, morning and evening, David Hogan will be with us in both of our services one at 10.30 a.m. and the revival service on that evening. So be here for the Saturday men 
and then bring your entire families for Monday, excuse me, for Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then Monday evening, he will be our special guest at their Caneo Ministry Training Center uh, in person teaching for two solid hours, two solid hours. You're going to want to come and to be a part of this, to hear about prayer and fasting and how David Hogan has been able to be used of the Lord literally on every continent on the planet, literally raising the dead, healing the lepers, opening the blind eyes. So please come and be a part of that. That's the 8th, 9th, and 10th of August. Then put on your calendars as well, special pastors and leaders conference, September the 14th and 15th, September 14th and 15th. This is open to pastors and all the leaders in their church. You don't have to be a lead pastor or a staff member. If you're in leadership in any capacity at your church, you're welcome to come. Once again, uh, there's a registration uh, fee for that. So go to Eventbrite and just type in the North Georgia uh, Revival Pastors Conference and it will come up for you so that you can register. And just for the next 30 to 45 days, there's a special early bird registration for that. Uh, save you a, probably about 30% off your registration fee. So take advantage of that. That, again, is the 14th and 15th of September. Now, before I introduce our speaker tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to sow seed into the work of God that's happening here at North Georgia Revival. We have partners all over the world that support this revival, and we appreciate that so, so much. And it is amazing how people will write us and let us know of their prayer requests and what's happening and, and the life change that they've experienced when they got baptized in these fire waters. I just heard someone just today on Facebook how their life has been changed for seven years dealing with the debilitating pain, but got in the waters, encountered Jesus, and has been pain-free ever since meeting Jesus in the water. We hear these constantly over and over and over again. I want to give you that opportunity to partner and put good seed in the ground here at Christ Fellowship Church in North Georgia Revival. Uh, the information is going to come up on the screen. It's going to be available for you. And we'd love for you to come alongside of us and help us continue the work of God that is happening here in Dawsonville, Georgia. Well, it's my privilege to introduce to you tonight a very, very special friend of mine. In fact, he's one of my sons in the Lord. Many, many years ago, he and I got acquainted with him and his family, and they've been under our ministry alongside of us for literally since 1996, 1997. So it's been quite a long time, and that's when he was just a little bitty puppy, I'm telling you. But uh, he's grown up to be a powerful man of God, powerful man of God, and leads one of the leading churches. I mean, one of the most dynamic churches in all of North Georgia called Covenant Connections in Flowery Branch. If you're in that area, I encourage you, strongly encourage you to go make it a part of your weekly activities to be a part of one of their church services. It's going to blow you away. But you know what? He's a man that is so powerful in the spirit because he pays the price. Uh, he doesn't come with us with all of the talent in the world and all the giftings in the world, even though he has great talent and giftings. But what makes him great is his relationship with Jesus. He's going to stand in front of you as a man but who has a word from the Lord for us, the body, right now. So I want you to help me welcome, if you would, those of you that are here in the audience with us tonight. Would you help me welcome the man of God for this evening, Pastor David Edmondson, Covenant Connections Church. 
God is good. God is so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to get this pulpit where they need it. Amen. Well, God is good. It's so good to be at the North Georgia Revival here at Christ Fellowship in uh, Chase Elliott country. Uh, praise the Lord. Thank God for the Chase Elliott won that race the other day. I was thinking if somebody puts him in the wall this time, I'm liable to jump through the screen and hurt somebody. But uh, thank God for it. But anyways, thank God it's, we're here in Dawsonville, Georgia at the North Georgia Revival. No place I would rather be right now. And you that are tuning in, watching, um, I know that there's no other place you would rather be as well. And so we, we cannot wait till Father's Day to be able to be back in the sanctuary together and be back in the, in the pools. And, and uh, it's already amazing to hear what God is doing on Sunday mornings. They've, they're, they're baptizing some people and, and hearing the testimonies about what God is doing. Um, the old song, I grew up in the old Pentecostal churches, and there was an old song say, that said, He's still in the fire. And uh, here we like to say, He's still in the water. Amen. And so we thank God for that. I want to be quick tonight. I want to, uh, I want to do, I'm, I think, I think I may do more teaching tonight. Now, wait just a minute before you turn off your, your, your computers or your, your phones or whatever you're watching. Uh, we need teaching in the body of Christ. And just because we teach a little bit doesn't mean that we're not anointed. Doesn't mean that we don't have a word from the Lord. It means we're bringing some, some foundation to our doctrine and, and what we believe. And today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate uh, the birthing of the New Testament church. Uh, I want to go ahead and tell you that this morning I began to teach or minister to our church this exact message, okay? And I've got six, six the, the title of the message, we can bring, bring the, um, the graphic up, but the title of the message is The Pillars of Pentecost, the foundations of the New Testament church. And I began to minister this message to Covenant Connections Church this morning, and I have six pillars of, the, of Pentecost, of the New Testament church, and I made it through pillar number one. And that was it. So I'm going to get through these today. But the reason that that is important, that I got through pillar number one, you will find out in just a minute uh, why I didn't get any further. But what I want to do this, this evening is pray, and we're going to believe God to saturate this house and your house or your hotel room or wherever you are with His presence as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the birthing of the new Testament church. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you that we have the opportunity to be here today. Jesus, let your name be glorified. Put everything else aside and let the name of Jesus be glorified in this place. God, as we are stretched abroad throughout the whole world tonight, Father God, we're not stretched any further than your outstretched hand can reach because your word teaches us that you hold the earth between your pinky and your thumb. So Father, we're in that. We're in your hand today. So I ask you to touch us, minister to us. In Jesus' holy name we say Amen. Now, the word Pentecost, is, in its simplistic definition, 
is 50. It just means 50. And it's the, the Greek word that means 50. And basically what it means is uh, they, it's a celebration of approximately 50 days after Passover or Resurrection Sunday. And it was a time that the Jews would gather together in Jerusalem and they would celebrate Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks. And it's, it's incredible what they would do. And uh, as I told our church this morning and I tell you tonight, that it's important for us to understand Jewish tradition. If we don't understand Jewish tradition and Jewish custom, then we're going to miss a lot about what Jesus taught. And, and we're going to miss some principles. And so it's important for us to know about uh, Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks that celebrated on Pentecost. It was the beginning of harvest season. And there's one thing in particular that I want to point out uh, this evening that they would do. On this day, they would call, uh, it was called the Feast of the Harvest or the First Fruits. Uh, some of you have heard that term. Uh, and what they would do is the men of the house would take portions of their first fruit and their wheat and their grain and whatever they harvest and they would tie it in stalks and they would take these stalks and they would decorate their oxen and they would decorate their mules and whatever they had to carry uh, their first fruits and they would place their first fruits on these decorated animals and they would walk these animals through the city going to the temple. And what they were doing was they were celebrating that God was a God of harvest. And they would go throughout their city on the way to the church house declaring to the world that we serve the God of the harvest and we honor him with our first fruits. And uh, I was praying about this this week and I heard the Lord say, tell your people and tell the people that they need to tie their offerings to something that is alive. See, they would take their first fruits and put it on their mules and put it on their donkeys. And, th and, and what they were doing was they were saying, I'm going to put my first fruits, I'm going to put my offering upon something that has greater ability than I have, greater strength than I have. And I'm going to, listen, I, I, I kind of made fun of you Christians a little bit uh, this morning because, and I understand the teaching and where it comes from, but you know, we were always taught in church, you know, to be in seek, to, to, when we give our tithes, our offerings, to do it in secret. Don't let anybody know, you know, what's in secret. But when I, when you read about the, the feast of harvest, they didn't celebrate their first fruits in secrets. They let the whole world know that they served God Jehovah. They let the whole city know that we serve the God that is our provider. And so when we hook up our finances with a good ministry, with the North Georgia Revival, with, 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 with a good church, we're placing our fruits on something that is greater than we are, stronger than we are, that has more potential than we do. And I want to go ahead and tell you, I don't believe that, that God gets disappointed when we celebrate our victories and celebrate our harvest. Come on, somebody. And so that's what they would do. They would celebrate the harvest unto the Lord. But there's a few things that, that marked 
The New Testament church. Now, if you, I was talking with a guy, uh, one of my neighbors on yesterday, and uh, he, he said, are you ready for church tomorrow? I said, well, absolutely. You know, I, it, tomorrow's Pentecost Sunday. And he said, well, what does Pentecost Sunday mean? And I said, well, uh, Pentecost Sunday is the day we celebrate the birthing of the New Testament church. And he said, well, what is the New Testament church? And I realize that there's a lot of people that he goes to church every Sunday. And I realize there's a lot of people that go to church every Sunday that don't realize our terminology and our, our lingo sometimes. So I had to break it down to him. So if you're wondering what the New Testament church is, it probably looks nothing like your church service. I often tell people that if Jesus walked into one of our services, we would have to explain most everything we do to him. If you told Jesus walked in and you said, yeah, just go see the usher, you'd have to tell him what an usher was because he's not going to know. Because he didn't, he didn't uh, put that into church services. We put that into church services. If you told him to go talk to the deacon, he, you're going to have to explain to him what a deacon was because he didn't put that into church. We put that into church. And so I often joke about that. But the New Testament church is the church of God, the kingdom of heaven that is on the earth that we're called and grafted into to operate in. And there were six things that marked the New Testament church. And I want to hit these six things and I want to hit them quickly tonight because I don't want you to run off and, and get dinner or do something like that while I'm trying to give you these because it is important. Listen to me. If you are going to operate in the church of God, the body of Christ, the, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, you better implement and understand these six foundational principles and pillars of Pentecost. Number one, the first foundation uh, principle and pillar of Pentecost is that they gathered together in unity. Now, this one is very important to us especially in the time that we're living, dealing with the, the COVID virus and dealing with the other things that we're, we're, we're dealing with, the enemy wants nothing more than to divide us and to keep us from gathering together. Now, this morning was the first morning that Covenant Connections Church, our church, actually had service again. And I want to tell you, it was probably one of our most attended. We almost had to pull out chairs just to fit people in the sanctuary. And, and somebody asked me, well, pastor, did you, uh, did you adhere to social distancing? And I was like, bro, we were just doing good to, to get the people in the building. There were so many people. Why? Because they're hungry. You're hungry to gather together because there's a principle of gathering together. The Bible says, Pastor Marty, who so eloquently and powerfully spoke about Acts chapter 2 earlier, it says that when they were all together in one accord, they were together in unity, that's when the Spirit of God came down from heaven. And it is important for us to gather together in unity. Now, this is why I didn't get off this first point this morning at Covenant Connections Church. Uh, uh, Mr. Potts, can you pull up that, that one picture? I, I hope you can see this because you're going to see why 
Can y'all see that right there? I hope you can see that uh, at your house. I know you can't respond to me. But this is, this is our stage at Covenant Connections Church this morning. And when I got on this point about unity, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit sat down in that place. And these are just normal. Well, I wouldn't say they're normal people. But <laughs> these are just people in our church. A long time ago, keep that, keep that picture up. A long time ago, when, when God called my wife Stephanie and I to go to Dahlonega, Georgia, and to start our first church up under Pastor Todd and Karen Smith, the Rock of Dahlonega, I found myself praying in a city that is mostly uh, white people. There wasn't a whole lot of minorities. And I told the Lord, I said, God, make my church look like heaven. I want every race. I want every nationality. I want every kindred. And I want you to look at this picture right here because we've got black people. We got white people. We got Hispanic people. We've got Asian people. We got Chuck Crotzer right here who's a person of his own. I don't know what, but we got people of all kind, all races, all colors represented here. We've got interracial couples and we've got blacks, married blacks and Hispanics with Hispanics and, and, and we've got them all. And I told our church, I said, this is what heaven looks like. And how dare we judge each other on the color of our skin? Or how dare we judge each other by our ethnic, next, that word. How dare we judge each other on these things? The moment you look in the mirror and, and you see a perfect person staring back at you is the moment you have the right to judge and condemn somebody else. And the devil hates unity. And he hates when we gather together in unity. Why? Because the foundation principle of, good God, I feel the Holy Ghost, of the New Testament church is when they gathered together in unity. There's no devil in hell that can stop unity. There's no, no, no politician, no government that can stop the power of unity. It's when they were unified that the God looked down and saw a pillar that he could build his church upon. And when they were in one accord in unity, boom, heaven responded. Gathered together in unity. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting the meeting together. King James says, Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves, as it is the custom of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, the day of the Lord drawing near. How many know we're closer to the coming of Jesus than we've ever been? Well, the Bible tells us right here that we shouldn't have less gathering together, but we should have even more gathering together as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Why? I've heard people say, you know what? I've done fine through this, uh, this COVID thing. I, I've done fine. I'm, I'm fresh with God and I've been reading my Bible and, and, and I don't really need to go to church because I've been doing fine. Let me talk to you just for a moment because let me tell you something. You may be doing fine, but what about your neighbor down the street that's barely holding on? What about the children that need to be taught up in the things of God? What about the people battling anxiety and depression? The Bible says here, that we come to church not for ourselves, but to stir up one another. I need
need you to encourage me. I need you to hold me accountable. And that's what happens when we come together in unity. I said I was going to teach, but you have to forgive me. Matthew 18, 20 says, For where there are two or three gathered together, Jesus said, In my name, there I am. Not when you're alone, not when you're secluded out, but when you come together, there I am. In unity, not in division, not in, not in secret anger, not in secret unforgiveness, but when we come together in unity. It is a pillar of the house of God. It is a pillar of Pentecost. Number two, a pillar of Pentecost is heaven invading earth. Heaven invading earth. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, not from next door, not from the restroom, not from the offices, but a sound from heaven came into the room. Listen to me. And a sound from heaven came as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and set upon each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We see that at the birthing moment, when the, when the New Testament church was birthed, heaven invaded earth. Heaven invaded earth. Let me tell you what God thinks about most of our church services. That's what he thinks about it. You know why? We come in and it's people ran and, and, and people, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're after people's opinions and, and what's going to please and what's going to attract people. And we're not establishing our services on a pillar of Pentecost, which is we should come in and say, Jesus, do what only you can do. Heaven invade earth. Come down. Let me give you another scripture. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, uh, 15 through 19. And he said unto them, Jesus, talking to his disciples, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Watch this now. Heaven's invading earth. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Sounds like the birthing of the New Testament church. And he goes on to say, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Now watch this. And I will give you keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, heaven will respond to. And whatever you loose on earth, heaven will respond to. Now a lot of theologians have some... some, some uh, different meanings about interpretations about what this scripture means. Some say that, you know, it means that whatever you bind on earth 
must already be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth must already be loosed in heaven. Some believe that you, we have the authority through the name of Jesus that once we speak that we're so much like God that once we speak it's bound on earth that heaven responds. And whatever we loose on earth, heaven responds. I don't really care at this moment which theology you believe. What I want you to see is a pillar of the New Testament church is this, heaven invades earth. And when we do things on earth, heaven responds to what we do on earth. Why? It is a pillar of Pentecost. Good God Almighty, this is good teaching. Number three, what is another pillar of Pentecost, the foundation of the New Testament church? Number three, the power and gifts of the Spirit were in operation on the earth. Now, here's the, here's the thing. We read about the power and the gifts of the Spirit being poured out onto the earth, and then theology tells us, doctrine tells us, that all of a sudden, at the death of the last apostle, the power and the gifts of the Spirit were removed off the earth. I just have one problem with that. The Word of God doesn't record that. Now, if the Word of God, if God thinks so much about the coming of the power and the gifts of the Spirit into the New Testament church, don't you think if He were to take them from us that He would have found it wise to record it in His Word as well? That's what I would have. I mean, that's just how a dumb old redneck country boy like me would think. If it is important enough for you to record its coming in the Bible, then I think it would be important enough for you to report, uh, record its going back to heaven in the Bible. But it's not recorded. Why? Because it's still here. The power and the gifts of the New Testament church are still here. And people don't like it. And, 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 and governments don't like it. And deacon boards don't like it. And, 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 and pastors don't like it. But I'm here to tell you that a pillar of Pentecost is the power and gifts of the Spirit in operation. Uh-oh. In operation. That doesn't mean every third Sunday of the month, little Miss Sue in the back gets up and shandies and you're a spirit-filled church. That's not what it means. When you're a spirit-filled church, it means, and you go to a spirit-filled church, a New Testament church, it means that the gifts and the power of God, the Spirit of God, conduct the service and the people are used by the Spirit. It doesn't mean that the people conduct the service and use the Spirit. Good God, I wish I had somebody. We got it backwards. We got it backwards. I told our church today that, that, that it's amazing that on the day of Pentecost, heaven invaded earth. They were gathered together in unity. The power and the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. And not one time did a pastor stand up behind a pulpit and preach. I heard somebody in Oklahoma say amen right there because nobody said anything in here. But it's true. Why? Because the power and the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. When God's talking, you don't need man to talk. When God's giving instruction, you don't need man to give instruction. Good God. I'm going to go on because I know I'm boring you tonight. But Mark chapter 16, verse 14 through 18 says, Later he appeared unto the eleven and sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. 
Uh-oh, here's our declaration. Here's the declaration for the New Testament church. Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I just, I go to church, but I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, good, I'm glad you, t- I'm glad you logged on tonight because here's the word. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, not he, I promise you I won't go preach, but I feel a preach. Not he that is ordained, not he that has a doctrine, not he that goes through the seminary. It says he who believes. It doesn't say the 12 apostles. It says he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Watch this. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. Uh-oh. Them that believe. It doesn't follow the plaque on your, your wall that says you're a doctor or a pastor or, or, or a teacher or an evangelist. It doesn't say it'll follow the five-fold ministry. It says these signs will follow every believer. Watch this. In my name, cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They drink any deadly thing, but will no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They shall go out, preach the gospel, speak in new tongues. Pastor Todd's got a great book on, 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 on your greatest secret weapon, praying in, in tongues. I often tell people all the time, it doesn't, you know, when the, you know, because the enemy comes after that praying in tongues. He comes after it because you, 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 you separate yourself from him when you pray in the spirit. Your carnal mind goes crazy when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it cannot have control anymore. You pray the declarations of God. You and Jesus have a sit down over coffee with just you and him as you pray in the Holy Ghost. And Satan hates it and his devils hate it and your carnal mind hates it. But bless God, Jesus loves it. And your spirit loves it. And I often tell, I often tell people, I said, I don't know why you get all crazy about, about uh, speaking in tongues and God giving us a new language. I, I say every, every kingdom has its own language. Every kingdom has its own language. We speak English here, but you go to Kenya and they speak a different language. And you go, you go to Ireland and they speak a different language. Or you go to, you go to Mexico, they speak a different language. And we don't look at them and go, you know, why, why are you speaking that language? It's just a given because it's, it's their kingdom. And when Jesus came and he reestablished the kingdom of heaven on earth, he said, I can't leave until I give you a language of the kingdom. And that is a pillar of the body of Christ. So if somebody makes fun of you for praying in the Holy Ghost, just say, I'm just talking my my daddy's language. Just talking the kingdom language. They'll take up serpents. I ain't got time to get into this. It it doesn't mean that you go out here and and, and catch cobras and and, and stuff from, you know, whatever is up there in the mountains of Georgia and and catch them and come and 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 tempt God with your faith of holding serpents 
It has a spiritual application, but you got to understand that it also has a, 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 a kingdom application. Everything he's dealing with here, he's dealing with kingdom. So you can't look at the what he's giving you. He could have said, take up a donkey. He could have said, take up, you know, a chimpanzee. It doesn't matter. What he's giving you is a kingdom principle. So you got to go back to what man lost. What man lost was dominion over all the fish of the sea and all the fowl of the air and everything that creeped on the earth. So God said, when you go out and preach the gospel, I'm going to give you a dominant language and I'm going to restore to you dominion over everything. When you go out, you take up serpents again because you have kingdom reestablished. I wish I had time to teach it, but y'all, I bore y'all to death. Him that believe these signs will follow them. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's the power and gifts of the Spirit in operation on the earth. Number four, pillar of Pentecost, foundation of the New Testament church. Number four is they, is, is they proclaimed Jesus as Lord. They had to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Matthew 16, 15 through 18 says, And he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said unto him, blessed are you, Simon, by our John of flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, when you know who I am, Jesus is Lord, nothing shall prevail against you. Nothing shall prevail against you. It's a pillar of Pentecost that we declare Jesus is Lord. Pastor, why are you getting on this? Why are you telling me about this pillar? Because the Christian church, this pillar is being sought after by the enemy. It is being taught in Christian churches today that there's more than one way to God. That it doesn't matter who you serve, that Jesus died for everybody, and you're, there's many ways to God that you don't have to just go through Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that a pillar of Pentecost is you cannot get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And I know you may be watching me and you may get mad and you say, oh, I'm going to post this on Facebook. That, that old redneck pastor from, from Flowery Branch, Georgia said, I couldn't get to heaven except through Jesus. Well, go ahead and post to your little fingers hurt and you get arthritis because I'm here to tell you that Jesus himself said and Peter himself said, speaking to the Sanhedrin in Acts 4.12, that nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The declaration that Jesus is Lord is a pillar of the New Testament church. Buddha can't get you there. Muhammad can't get you there. Hare Krishna can't get you there. All these other gods can't get you there. Only Jesus can get you in right standings with the Father. It's a pillar of Pentecost. So number one, we must gather together in unity. Number two, we got to have heaven invading earth. Number three, we got to have the power and gifts of the Spirit in operation. Don't you shy away from them. Pastor, I, where, what camera am I on right now? Listen to me. There's a pastor watching right now, and God's been dealing with you about 
obeying the Holy Ghost in your services and people being filled with the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something, Pastor. Let, let me tell you something. Forsake all others, but don't forsake your Father. Forsake all others. People will leave you. People will drop you like a bad habit, but God will stick closer to you than a brother. And I prophesy to you, man of God. I prophesy to you, woman of God. Get your backbone. Rise up. It don't matter if people leave you, but let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation in your church, in your ministry, in your life, in Jesus' holy name. Number four, we got to proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord. There's only one way to heaven, and that is Jesus. Two more quickly. Are you ready? Number five, you ain't going to like this one, but it is a pillar of Pentecost. Repentance from sin. Repentance from sin. Your Bible says that John the Baptist was, was the one who was prophesied by the Old Testament prophets that he would be the voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of Jesus Christ. Okay? So he's... John the Baptist steps on the scene and he didn't dress like anybody else and he didn't eat the same food as anybody else and he didn't look like anybody else. He didn't cut his hair like anybody else. He didn't live in the special neighborhoods like everybody else. He came on the scene and he kept proclaiming one thing. Matthew 3, 1 and 2 says, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here now. That's what it means when it says it's at hand. It means it's in your grasp. It's in your reach. And he said, repent. I wrote this down. It'd be smart for you to write it down. Repentance is the doorway into the kingdom of heaven and every benefit it offers to mankind. Let me say that again. Repentance is the doorway into the kingdom of heaven and every benefit it offers to mankind. You want to be blessed by God, you better be one that repents. We look at King David, who your Bible says was a man after God's own heart. He loved God. He loved God with all his heart, but he had, a, he, he had a lust problem that would overtake him all the time. He had an anger problem that would catch him on it all the time. He had a rejection problem. He had a forgiveness problem that would mess him up all the time. He shed too much blood, and God wouldn't even let him build a temple unto the Lord. But let me tell you something. One thing David had going for him that kept the light of God shining upon his life, that kept the favor of God on his life, that kept him in the kingdom of Israel, that kept the favor of God on him, was David was quick to repent. He was quick that when something happened and God convicted his heart, David would repent and he would turn from it. We're living in a church world today where there is no repentance. We've taken out the altar. We've removed altar calls. We've removed confession of salvation. We don't have to repent because Jesus already paid the price and died for us and we don't have to do anything. I explain it like this. I got soap in my shower right now. I got soap, shampoo, and conditioner. They sitting right there in my shower. My wife and I, we get in that shower. You know, I get in there in the morning, then she'll get in there 
about lunchtime when she, she gets up, because my wife's a, uh, she don't go to bed about three o'clock in the morning. So she, she told me one time, I said, huh, don't you want to get up early and watch the sun come up? She said, if I wanted to watch the sun come up, if God wanted me to watch the sun come up, he would have made it happen in the middle of the afternoon. And so she likes to get up, get up a little bit later, but we go in that shower. Now watch this. And there's the shampoo and there's the soap and there's the conditioner. I can get in that shower, get wet, run around, stay in there for two hours and get out of that shower and I can just be as, just as dirty as I was when I got in that shower and the shampoo's there and the conditioner's there. And, the, but if I don't take it and apply it to my body and use that shampoo to, to cleanse me and use that soap to cleanse me, then it does me no good. It's in arm's reach. But if I don't apply it to my life, it's the same way with Jesus. Yeah, he's paid the price. Yes, he will forgive you. Yes, he will cleanse you. But you got to reach over and grab him by believing in your heart. And I feel like God's going to save somebody right now. Watch it. Listen to me. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. And the Word declares that you will be saved. Matter of fact, take that moment right now, you watching. Right now, right now, stop what you're doing. I don't care if your kids are in the room or, or your husband's in the room or your wife. It doesn't matter to me. Take a moment right now as the Spirit of God is coming over these airways. And I want you to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent. I know that I'm a sinner and I need you. Jesus, I ask you now. Go ahead and say it. I ask you now to forgive me and cleanse me from all my sins. Jesus, I love you. From this day forward, I'll live for you. Now, right now, give him thanks wherever you are because you have just been born again. You've taken that soap and applied it to your life, and God has changed your life. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. The word repentance is found 57 times in the New Testament. If it's that important in the New Testament, bless God, I believe it should be important to the New Testament church. John preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And then Jesus, immediately, when he came out of the wilderness with power and the Spirit, the first thing Jesus said is he went about and said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repentance is the doorway into the pillars of the New Testament church. How dare we take repentance out of the house of God? So number one, they were gathered together in unity. Number two, heaven invaded earth. Number three, the power and gifts of the Spirit were in operation. Number four, they proclaimed Jesus as Lord. Number five, they were quick to repent of sin. And lastly, as I get ready to turn this over to Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen, the last thing, the last pillar of Pentecost, the last foundation of the New Testament church, you find it everywhere. You find people being born again and you find the kingdom of God being established on earth, and that is baptisms. Every time. Every time. Not just the baptism of salvation. Not just the baptism of repentance. But baptisms were found. There are at least seven baptisms found in the New, Te in the New Testament. The Bible speaks of the baptism of Moses. The Bible speaks of the baptism of sufferings. The Bible speaks of the baptism of John. The baptism of Jesus. The baptism of fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism in the name of Jesus. There are baptisms that are, that are part of the pillars of Pentecost. 
the foundations of the New Testament church. We limit baptisms to an act of salvation. But as you've been taught at the North Georgia Revival, that is not all that baptisms talk about. We're going to go to some baptisms here in just a second. Some baptisms from, from our past services here at the North Georgia Revival. And you're going to see people standing in this water over here. And God changed their life. I got to watch a little bit uh, earlier of, of Christ Fellowship service this morning. And uh, I've got the awesome opportunity to go with Pastor Todd at times and to revivals and he preached the word of God and I get the opportunity to serve him and I love it and I do it with all my heart. But he always tells the story and he told it this morning how a Southern Baptist man was walking on this platform by himself and he saw an open vision of fire being on that water and God telling him, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. And I've watched over the last two and a half years or so how he's been mocked and ridiculed and questioned and his staff and Pastor Marty and Pastor Karen and the others and uh, 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 the pastors of the North Georgia Revival have we been questioned because how dare you use the baptism waters for anything other than a declaration of, of salvation. I'm going to tell you something. I understand that it's a sacrament of the New Testament church along with the Lord's Supper. But before it was a sacrament in placed by man, baptisms were placed as a pillar of Pentecost in the New Testament church. And people would get baptized and receive miracles. People, Jewish tradition was they believed the baptism waters could heal the sick. They believed the baptism waters could cast out devils. They believe that the mikvah, when you go in, that they, it could cleanse lepers. How dare us take away the opportunity? You're going to see in just a second. People get in this water with cancer. We've seen it. Go to the doctor and it be cleansed. Thank God that a man grabbed a hold of a pillar of Pentecost and reinstated the importance of us getting in these baptismal waters. And I can't wait for a couple of more weeks where we open up both of these pools and you join us here at Christ Fellowship, North Georgia Revival. And once again, we'll start dunking you in the, in the waters of the, of the pillars of Pentecost. I want to bless you real quick and I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Todd and Karen. I hope that you have received something from the taught word tonight. These are the things that the church was established on. Make them an important part of your life. Not just church services. Make them an important part of your life. And God will change you from the inside out and your whole world will be renewed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are watching. I pray for those that are in this room today. I speak the blessing of God to come upon them. Father, as they've been taught the pillars of Pentecost, the foundations of the New Testament church, as we've been built up by the Word of God tonight, I pray that we implement these things into our life, that we're able to stand with power and authority. And every wind that comes against us shall not shake us. And though the waves roar, we shall not be moved. 
because we're standing on the pillars of Pentecost. I bless your people. I curse every sickness and every disease. I cast out every evil spirit. And I say in the name of Jesus, freedom come into your house right now in Jesus' name as we go to Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen. I bless you in Jesus' name. I'm hearing another powerful word by Pastor David Edmondson from Covenant Connections Church in Flower Branch, Georgia. You know, not only is he a, an incredible speaker, but he's a prolific author as well. So I would encourage you to go to Amazon.com and get several of his, his writings. Uh, so inspiring, so encouraging. So I know you're going to want to get that. But tonight, he preached the Pillars of Pentecost. Today's a special celebration as we've talked all day long about the birth of the New Testament church, the initial coming of the Holy Spirit in this fashion to the earth. And Pastor David just reiterated all those wonderful truths and the, the bottom line is is the book of Acts has no ending. Yeah. And I, I just so wish that the body of Christ would realize that the full body of Christ would realize that there is no end to the book of Acts. Everything that Jesus began to both do and teach is in chapter one. He began to both do and teach. Good. If you even look at the Greek tense of that phrase, it means that he started it in times past and his intent is for it to continue on infinitum. And so we're supposed to continue the things that the um, that are recorded in the book of Acts and that the early church did. And that's exactly what Pastor David talked about tonight. You know, Karen, religion has tried to put a stop to the actual um, implementation of the ministry of Jesus. And they've tried to really, you know, put bookends on it that Jesus came. And then when the death of the last apostle, you know, the church is over as far as the power is concerned but nowhere in the scriptures does it talk about that at all and um, so we just want to release you to do work we want you to do the kingdom work because this is the greatest time in the world to be alive this right is, now. it's one of the primary reasons jesus came as a human being he came as man and he came and he at his baptism he was in Powered by the Holy Spirit in that moment. And then he went about doing good works and healing the sick and, sick and casting out devils to show us how to do it. He was the first born of many to come. So he was our prototype. And a lot of people don't understand that. But we wrote a book, Karen, called He Sat Down. Let me grab that right quick for just a brief moment. Um, for people that want understanding in this, in this arena because... Jesus came to empower us, to release us to do that work, as you just said. Mm -hmm. And and I explain that in this book called He Sat Down. I want to encourage you, if you do not have a copy of this, grab it. I want you to get it. And the place to get this is kingdomready.tv. Kingdomready.tv. You can grab this. This is the book here that we really believe the teaching in here that prepared our congregation to be able to host the presence of the Lord. And I find this an essential work. I find this an essential piece of uh, revelation that has altered our church and I think can alter your life as well because it empowers you to do the work of Jesus because he sat down. Mm -hmm. And he is still sitting down today mm -hmm. because he's in heaven and he has released the body. That's right. And it's time that the, the church realize our responsibility. Guys, we're going to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to say, I empowered you with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. What did you do with that power and with that authority? And we're going to have to give an account for that. And we're not going to be able to claim, oh, that's just an old doctrine there. It happened then and it doesn't happen now. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to make up. A lot of ground. And we are supposed to be doing exactly what Jesus did on the earth. 
You know, speaking of making uh, making up ground, I want to let you guys know that August the 8th, David Hogan's going to be here, Karen, and he's talking he about making up ground. I have spoken to him recently. He is so fired up about being with us at a men's conference August the 8th. Now, listen to this. He's going to be here all weekend, mm-hmm. but for men only on Saturday, all day, and there's a registration for that, so uh, be sure that you register. Then on Sunday, he's going to be here in the morning. And in the evening at the revival service, then we're going to be baptizing. That's August the 9th and August the 10th. Karen, speak to this. Canal Ministry Training Center, David Hogan will be in person ministering to the public, but it's a special Canal Ministry Training Center night. It'll be about a two-hour setting, and we're just going to turn him loose. Turn him loose. Uh, wants to speak about and you know it's just in situations like that it's about being in the building it's about impartation this man has seen people uh he has raised the dead my goodness i mean i don't even know i don't even know what to say to that and so just uh, we want to come respectfully and we want to honor him with our presence with our attention giving him full attention and giving him the, the platform uh, to breathe into us and and just he is he is one of the most humble people i've ever met and just uh, uh just wants to come and minister the word so we'll see what happens on that weekend of uh, starting august 8th with the men's conference you, you don't want to miss it but you don't want to miss really june 21st when we open up again for the north georgia revival i mean this place is going to be crazy we're already seeing it on sunday mornings we're baptizing right now currently on sunday mornings and today i think i just baptized tons of people, life changing the water, healings in the water. People instantly filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit when they came up out of the water. The fire is as hot as it's ever been. So make sure if you can't get here on the 21st, come on a Sunday morning. We're baptizing every Sunday morning and then on Sunday nights as well, starting June the 21st. That's Father's Day weekend. And then lastly, before we go into the baptism service, I want to remind you there is a pastor and leaders conference. Now, this is for senior pastors and also all leaders. If you're an usher, if you're a greeter, if you're in the nursery, if you work in the youth ministry, on staff, or even as a volunteer, but you're on the leadership team of your church, come and be a part of that. And you can register, but if you register now, I think within the next 40, 45 days, you get almost a 30% discount on the registration, early bird discount. So make sure that's the 14th and 15th of September. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. John Kilpatrick will be here. David Giamona will be here, who is a retired colonel chaplain in the Army. I'm telling you, he's ready. He's going to be teaching us on how to survive in the end times. So please make that a part of your year, if you will, the June 21st, August 8th, and then also September 14th and 15th. Well, Karen, let's go right now into the baptisms. I cannot wait. And uh, I want you to enjoy. Uh, Text someone, let them know that the power of God is falling in the water. People's lives are being changed. Thank you for being a part of our service tonight. Uh, Be sure to pick up that book, He Sat Down. You can get it once again at kingdomready.tv, kingdomready.tv. You can order it. There's a I believe a digital, you can get it downloaded right now to your phone or your computer. God bless you. We love you. Karen and I, what a privilege it is every week to come into your living room and to minister to you here at the North Georgia Revival.